0: Dr. Jessie Heymeyer is the physician founder of Well Empowered, where she practices data-driven, outcome-oriented, functional medicine. She created Well Empowered with one commitment in mind, guiding you to create the health and vitality that transforms your experience of life and alters what is possible for you. How does Dr. Heymeyer live true to this? By taking a root cause natural medicine approach. Through working one-on-one with groups or in delivering corporate webinars, Dr. Heymeyer provides the information, inspiration, and strategies needed to produce sustainable and transformative health outcomes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heal Nourish Grow Podcast. Today I am joined by Dr. Heymeyer, And before we get into all the wonderful knowledge that she has to share with us, I kind of just wanted to touch a little bit on her bio and her background because she has some amazing trainings, but then she also has some personal interest that mimic mine as like hiking and yoga and all that fun outdoor stuff. So, Dr. Heymeyer, can you just maybe first share with people kind of what like what you like to do in your spare time when you're not working and, and, you know, sharing knowledge about weight loss, what do you like to do? Yeah, I, well, yes,
1: as you said, I love hiking, love hiking Mm -hmm. and, uh, love yoga, love strength training, love, of course, being with loved ones. (laughs) And, uh, I love traveling and I love cooking beautiful, delicious, healthy meals for, uh, for both myself and others.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And um, where do you hike mostly? What part of the country are you
1: in? Well, funny you should ask. (laughs) I actually work remotely remotely from Switzerland. So, oh, most wow. often I hike in Switzerland. I uh, in the states when I'm here, I do like to get uh, I do like to get to Arizona. So, I love hiking. I love desert hiking. I really never thought that I would find desert hiking as compelling as I do, but I just I really adore desert hiking. But really, I've never met a mountain I didn't like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you just named off two of my favorite places, so maybe we can talk (laughs) offline a little bit about um, some of our favorites, but I'd love to just start to get into uh, some more of your professional background now that we've talked about uh, what you like to do for fun, Um, but you have chiropractic training, you have nutritional training. What was kind of your progression of you started in one place, and then what propelled you to kind of do these other trainings as you started working with people or just things that you learned along the way?
1: Fundamentally speaking, I would say the answer to that question is a deep devotion to evolving, evolving personally and evolving professionally and expanding my ability to contribute. So, um, you know, how I how I made my way here is I like to say straight lines are boring. And, <laughs> um, you know, out of out of undergrad, I went to UCLA undergrad, and it really should have been a tip for me where to focus my attention, because I, I say that I chose my classes around what worked well for my workout schedule which actually is quite true (laughs) Um, so after graduating from there i made my way back to the suburbs of chicago which is where our downtown chicago at that time which is from i grew up in the suburbs and moved downtown chicago after college And shortly after returning to Chicago, opened up the first boutique strength training facility in Chicago in the Lincoln Park area, for those of you who are familiar with with Chicago. And it's still here to this day. So 21, 22, 21 and a half years later, it is still there. And some of the first trainers are still there. And I uh, ultimately, after about four years, sold my half. Knowing that I want to continue to learn more and expand my capacity to contribute, made my way back to graduate school, as you mentioned, got first a degree in chiropractic medicine and then went uh, immediately into a master's in nutrition and functional medicine. So it's always been my focus, even though, uh, you know, the word chiropractor, people often think about aches and pains. I've actually never focused in that area. I've really practiced functional medicine since since the day I got my license. That's so
0: exciting. And I, I love that progression. It has a, again, somewhat similar track to my own interest and in, in how things progress, but I, I don't like straight lines either. <laughs> so oh <boy>. So
1: <laughs> who likes a straight line?
0: So I think what attracted me when your team reached out uh, about having you come on the show is obviously show is, and just by the name, you can tell it's everything health and wellness related. Um, but in particular, I really love your focus on functional medicine. And when this episode comes out, it's a time of year where people tend to focus on weight loss, kind of the New Year's uh, resolution, sort of probably the number one New Year's resolution is to lose weight and or get in shape two of your uh, things that you're very focused on. So when you start to work with someone that comes to you saying they'd like to lose weight, can you just share how you approach that and how sort of the functional piece comes into that work relationship? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I approach that with equal parts heart and science. So the functional part is very much the science-based. However, I have learned that information does not produce action, outcomes rather. Information by itself doesn't produce outcomes. What produces outcomes or new outcomes is new actions, right? And so it really is marrying both heart and science in guiding people in authoring a whole new relationship with their body, a whole new relationship with themselves, a whole new relationship with food and beverages, and using science to make effective changes. And by effective, I mean changes that are going to produce outcomes, the outcomes you want, right? So it really is this journey of taking both of these essential components of heart and science and, you know, determining what the path forward, co-creating
0: the path forward. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the science of it and creating, you didn't say the word habits, but that's the way I always like to think of it. And the way that I really focus on when I'm trying to help people or help myself with um, things that I want to change. So from the sort of front part of it, what kinds of things are you talking to your clients about when it comes to weight loss?
1: So fundamentally speaking, one of the most powerful questions I've seen that shapes people's journey is people getting very clear on their why, right? And in particular, what I like to say is their what and how it's connected to their why, right? So um, we don't buy what we do, we buy why we do it. And the what part might be, Uh, reducing alcohol consumption or uh, shifting nutritional habits, right? That might be the what. And those in and of themselves may or may not be compelling to people. Some things might be more compelling than others. Whatever the case may be, it's when people get very clear on their why that not only are they able to make changes, but they're able to sustain them over time. So uh, I I work with people through a process that I call authoring your vision of vitality, otherwise known as authoring your intention for your health and your life. Right. And, it, and through this process, people get very clear on what their why is and That begins to shift the experience itself, right? It begins to shift this area from an experience of self-aggression to one of self-love, right? It changes it from stick on the back, people beating themselves up over and over again to ultimately that experience of carrot dangling and going towards something that's really compelling and exciting,
0: And and without giving away your secret sauce, because we're going to talk about something a little (laughs) in the program, um, how people can work with you, of course, because that's always part of this. But if somebody is just starting to think about this, what are some of the, maybe your two or three top tips on how to dig into your why, how to figure out what that really is? Yeah. So
1: one tip would be to envision yourself in five years from now. So actually like, you know listeners, how old are you right now? Got that okay how old will will you be in five years <laughs> from now? Got that okay now, I'd like you to tell the story of you in five years from now, thriving like what is it like to be you? What's it like to get dressed in the morning and what's it like to to engage in your life, whether it's going to work or caring for loved ones or your children or you know, just out there in the world, what is it like to be you with your health as you intend and desire it occur? And I actually invite you to do this exercise. Like you might even pause this, this conversation for a moment and take out a pen and paper. I know that's super old school, um, or, you know, a laptop, whatever, whatever your, you know, your preferred way of, of writing is, but actually tell that story and tell it in first person, present tense. Right. So for me, that would be, I'm 52 in five years from now. And, you know, my body is resilient. It's strong, you know, whatever it there there for you to say, like, you want to say those things in this five year future in first person, present tense. So that's one exercise.
0: I love that. And just as an aside, I would like to encourage people personally to use old school pen and paper because there is some uh, psychological like brain evidence as far as like pen to paper that's very different than typing. And I find this when I write as well. Um, it's a totally different process.
1: I love that you say that, Cheryl. I feel so like sometimes I feel like so old school saying that, but you're exactly right. Like there is science behind using pen and paper. Uh, And so for those of you who that seems like a foreign concept, you know, just try it on, like try it on and see what you notice when you do it. Right. So yes, you're totally right. Pen and paper does allow for neurological connections to be made in ways that fingers
0: on a keypad does not. I know it's so crazy, but it's true. And and Uh I've definitely tested it for myself. So after they've gone through the process of kind of envisioning where they want to be in five years, and I love this because I have one that's kind of like 10, 5, 1 that I do backwards. Um, But after they've envisioned that, what would be like their very first step to figure out how are they going to move forward from where they are now, how to get to where they want to be in five years? Uh For so many years, I've focused on what I've been putting into my body, but it's only in the last few years that I've gotten more focused on environmental toxins. Did you know that while only about 10 ingredients are banned for personal care in the U.S., that the European Union has banned more than 1,600 chemicals in these products? Besides that, there are forever chemicals in our drinking water, storage items like plastic containers, and even the cookware. Many chemicals found in U.S. beauty products are toxic, hormone-disrupting chemicals that negatively affect fertility and can cause cancer, among other things that contribute to poor health. Avoiding these environmental toxins can all get a little bit overwhelming for sure. I know one reason you listen to the podcast and visit Heal Nourish Grow is because you know I do the research. I'm trying to get better about writing articles on these things when I go down a particular rabbit hole to study any health kind of situation for myself, but all that takes time. For the last several years, I'd go to the environmental working group website to discover what products are considered safer than others, but it's an imperfect system and it's time consuming. So I finally decided to fully make the switch to beauty counter personal care products. Not only are they committed to making high quality, well-performing products, they are also a force for change in the beauty industry. They've lobbied the government to enforce stricter regulations until the day comes where manufacturers are forced to get rid of these chemicals in their products. Beauty counter makes it really easy to clean up your routine. Best of all, you can return any product for any reason within 60 days. So cleaning up your beauty care and skin routine really is risk-free. If you're interested in learning more, simply go to cleanbeauty.healnourishgrow.com to download your clean beauty guide or if you're ready to shop risk free right now and get 20% off of your first order go to beauty counter and find the products you like if you need any help get in touch with me first and then when you go to check, check out enter clean for all 20 and you'll get 20% off your first order
1: uh-huh. well one thing is they might need more information Right, they might, and that's when you know, like this data and science really comes in. So maybe they really don't understand what is going on with their body. Maybe they're they're struggling to figure out, um, you know, why am I not moving, losing weight? Oftentimes, people come to me and they say, "Listen, this used to work for me. What I'm doing, it's not working for me now." Or, you know. I feel like no matter what I do, the, not, you know, the needle on the scale is not moving at all. So in that case, we, you know, we're going to get some information to understand what the physiological barriers are to their weight loss. And there are a few that are pretty common that are often overlooked, like just not looked at in a more traditional approach. Um, so, you know, when someone walks into my virtual front door, these are all things that we we're going to be touching on and looking at in assessing, you know, what's at the source of their, their weight loss challenges and also guiding their next steps ahead. Now for other people, maybe it's, maybe it's clear, maybe they do know one or two things they could do that they're not currently doing that would make a difference. And if that, you know, rings true for you, you know, your listeners out here, my encouragement would be to just start with one thing, you know, just one foot in front of the other. Um, You know, one of the problems with the inherited all or nothing approach is that it really is based on a myth that we can make tremendous, drastic, huge changes and maintain them, you know, rapidly, right? It's just so far not true for 99.9% of the population, (laughs) right? So, Let's let's honor that and look at, okay, what's the next step you could take? You know, just to share in an area of my life, right, with writing and sitting down and writing, it's like, okay, I started with creating a habit of just 15 minutes a day. You know, electronics off, focus for 15 minutes a day. That seemed, for me, like... I could do that. I could do that, right? It's like the equivalent of like getting up and walking around the block when you're interested in doing a couch to 5K or something like that, right? right? So, you know, just look for yourself at, okay, if your goal is to reduce drinking, maybe you just start by counting the number of drinks you're having in a week, right? If you are if you know it would make a difference for you to bring some more vegetables into your life, maybe you'd start with just actually Recording how many vegetables you're currently getting, the amount of vegetables you're cur- currently getting, as a gateway to the next step.
0: That's such such good advice, and something that people have heard me bang a pot about. Is and I'm like, starting so- slow because my background's in psychology, and so I kind of approach it from a, a mindset uh, place usually, rather than a totally uh, you know physical place with like weight loss and stuff. I think you got to get your head right. So those are some amazing tips and I love to hear somebody else echo that so it's not just me. No, you can you're believe totally it. Totally right, Cheryl. 100%. Jesse Absolutely. Says it. Awesome. So, it's again in the new year, we're starting we talked about weight loss and one component of that was of course you mentioned nutrition and then one component of that traditionally has very much been movement-based, just eat less, move more. That's kind of what everybody's heard. Where do you kind of fall on that? And do you have any more nuanced thoughts about kind of how people can approach that? And again, keeping in the back of your mind that whichever one you're going to choose of those to focus on, or if you pick both, which could be kind of a lot at once, that you're starting slow. But do you have one side or the other that you kind of believe feeds more like progress, I guess, more quickly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in the way of progress, we're gonna talk about like, okay, what is progress? In this case, we're talking about progress being movement on the scale, right? When I work with people, it's never just that, but anyway, for this conversation, we're using that as the metric. And 80% of that is going to be coming from nutritional shifts, right? Not just what, you know, the quality of the foods you're consuming, the quantity of the foods and beverages you're consuming and the consistency with which you're making those shifts, right? So nutrition is about 80% of the conundrum. However, it's certainly not the full story, right? So we know movement, if we're just talking about the number on the scale, we know that if we do not do strength training, and we only make shifts to our nutrition, we're going to, lose weight indiscriminately which means we're going to lose muscle mass as well as fat and we do not want to lose muscle mass muscle is metabolic magic right so increasing your muscle mass actually increases your resting metabolism which means you burn more calories while you sleep and that is the magic of muscle when it comes to weight loss now there are tons of other benefits as it relates to muscle and and actually i would say that's part of the ma- magic right when we increase our muscle mass we increase our insulin sensitivity which plays a role in our weight loss also so lots of other great things muscle does. Um so that's true. And then also there's just the truth that for most people, their mental health and well-being is playing a role in their habits, in their cravings, in their, you know, uh overindulgence, which is different than indulgence. Right. So we know that movement is a powerful way to positively impact our mood. So it's it's kind of like, okay, yes, nutrition is 80%, but if we really look at the totality of the pie, it ends up being like 150%, right? All of it together, <laughs> right? It makes no sense, but it's true, right? So uh, so yes, nutrition is going to most markedly move the, scale, the the needle on the scale. And I don't know of a way people who are struggling in this area of life can produce meaningful weight loss and sustain it without mastering nutrition and the relationship with food and beverages and all those things.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Now this is... If you're up for this, and we can always maybe <laughs> to this out, but I think there's kind of an interesting trend right now, or interesting conversation about um, who was it like that one of the head of the maybe it was like the American Diabetes Association, somebody like that said that um, weight is all genetic, something to this effect, and kind of in my opinion, this is purely my opinion, not whatever Je- Dr. Jesse's gonna say, but really just pushing the agenda of pharma with the weight loss drugs that are coming out, um, that people are using them for weight loss, not the diabetes. So I would just love to hear your take on that if you're up for that, um, yeah, whether it's genetics, whether it's diet, whether, what, what are your thoughts around that whole thing? So
1: my thoughts are, well, I'll tell a little story. <laughs> which will give away my thoughts. So <laughs> a couple of years ago, my husband and I were watching, I don't know, some documentary. And it was a documentary that had video footage from the 1960s, something like that. right? And it showed this little clip where um, there were people uh, going through. It was actually, it was like Neil Armstrong on the back of a Uh, of a, a car going throughout America and, you know, here he is in Iowa and here he is in Utah and there he is in California. And, you know, just different glimpses of America with, you know, Neil Armstrong floating about saying hello and waving. And the thing that I was struck by was that no matter what clip they showed, there wasn't anyone who was markedly overweight that I saw. Right. And this was all throughout the country. So if we look at that and see that, you know, okay, yes, there were some people who are overweight at that time, you know, but it was exponentially less than it is right now. And we do know factually speaking, genes do not evolve that quickly, period. No way, no how does not happen in a couple of decades. Then we can kind of reach the conclusion that what he is saying is just not true. Um, yes, there are some genetic tendencies, certainly, you know, you can look around and see people who have bigger frames and smaller frames and have naturally a little more muscle mass or less muscle mass. Of course, that's true. But to say that, you know, obesity is, is really, you know, purely the result of genes is, is a far cry from the truth. Um, I definitely see people who have had a long you know, more or less since they were born, right? They were born into a family for whatever reason. Their family did a great job at, let's just say, emphasizing education or, you know, things like that. But maybe they didn't make health as much of a high priority in their household. And so their genes, as a consequence, have been exposed to pro-inflammatory foods for four decades, right? They, from out of the gate. And so that will affect the epigenetic expression right our genes live in the environment that 's both inside of us and outside of us, and so that will affect what we 're manifesting from a health perspective and and it definitely you know for someone who has four decades of um, marinating and in pro inflammatory foods, so to speak, is just an example it 's a whole level of inertia that 's hard to that that is not present for someone who you know, they won the lottery on that front. Their family did emphasize nutrition. You know, none of us have anything to do with that. We arrive where we arrive. Right. Right. And, and so it's, you know, someone who just has a decade of, of nutritional habits to undo, so to speak, and physiological impact to undo that will be, there's going to be less inertia present. Right. So, um, it, it fundamentally, I am with you that The genes are, you know, exponentially less important than the environment
0: we are surrounding our genes with. (laughs) And that being said, I I do want to end it on a positive note, because you're right. However you grew up or whatever you were exposed to in terms of diet and nutrition is not something that you created for yourself. And so when you become aware of this later in life, or it's causing you issues, want to have, you know, some ways, is it possible to change? Is it possible to change that paradigm? Is it possible to, you know, take your epigenetics in another direction? And I think that the science does show that it is possible. So I'd love to hear and maybe even have a patient example without showing or without sharing a name or anything of somebody who maybe has come from that kind of background and then was able to shift into a healthier, less inflammatory food kind of pattern and find some success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to share that. So what comes to mind is a woman who I began working with her about two years ago. Um, now we have shifted to we see, you know, check in in every twice a year right now. And ultimately, she'll be moving to a once year check in. But you know, where we started is she arrived at my virtual front door. Um, she was about 20 pounds overweight. Um, she was exhausted, even though she was sleeping about eight hours a night. Um, her liver enzymes were elevated and she, she had done all of the appropriate workup to make sure it was nothing, you know, quote unquote, scary, right? That was mm-hmm. That's important. We always want to make sure that's done. It wasn't. But, you know, ultimately, the answer was, we don't know. It's not scary. Go on your merry way. So, you know, we did a wide variety of assessments of what was going on with her body. One of the things we found was that for her, inflammation was out of control, right? Some people show up at my, you know, virtual front door and say, I'm really inflamed. And I'll say, you know, how's it showing up in your body? And they might say, oh, my joints hurt or I, you know, I have these rashes or, you know, whatever it might be. But more often than not, there aren't any obvious signs of inflammation, The only way we know if inflammation is playing a role in how someone's health is or isn't is if we actually get the numbers. And so there are lab tests that let us measure inflammation. So we measured her inflammation. It was super duper high and quite frankly, like higher than I would have expected for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also got to see a number of nutrient deficiencies that were playing a role in her fatigue. That were playing a role in her liver function. Um, And ultimately, over time, we replenished nutrients, we supported her detoxification pathways, we hit down that inflammation in a major way, both with nutritional shifts as well as with targeted supplementation. Sometimes we can just do it with nutrition, but hers was just like so out of control. It was, you know, feeding this vicious circle of inflammation which was one of the reasons she was struggling to lose weight because when inflammation is high, it is like, you know, it it really puts the brakes on our metabolism. That was actually my, the thesis for my master's was on that very topic. Um, and so, you know, over time, not only at first we just saw her number shift and I let her know, I was like, listen, you know, this is going to take a second to write the physiological ship so to speak. (laughs) Right. It's going to, it's going to take a second And when people have really high inflammation, I I get it, right? It's like, it's going to be six to eight weeks, sometimes even, you know, three months of someone consistently taking actions before they start to see the scale move in a meaningful way, right? We've got to undo that inflammation. And then all of a sudden the body just kicks into gear and it's like, oh, wow, huh? Now I see it, right? And that was very much the case for her. And so what was so cool for her is over time, yes, she lost the weight. Yes, her energy absolutely went through the roof, like in a a wonderful way, not in a hyper way. Um, (laughs) The other one of the things that she said was she's like, oh, my gosh, I actually thought I was sleeping well before. But now I know in contrast, I really wasn't. So there were quite a few things we did that led her to a place where her energy was, you know, in a great place. Her focus was in a great place. That was part of it was just like sense of energy. And part of it was mental focus, um, her weight. She's at a place where she feels great. Another cool thing that we, uh, about maybe six months ago, she said to me in passing, when she came to see me, she was on medication for anxiety and she was doing well with them. Like, we weren't looking to shift it. We were, you know, keep, stay on those medications. They're working well. And ultimately, she said in passing, she's like, oh, you know, I, I stopped those medications. I stopped my, you know, anxiety meds because I just didn't need them anymore. And so that really validated that inflammation wasn't just playing a role in her energy. It wasn't just playing a role in her weight loss, but it was also creating, you know, brain inflammation that Mm -hmm. was impacting her mood. So that's, that's someone who is just a great example of what's possible.
0: It's time to talk more about what we're putting into our bodies. You won't believe what I've uncovered about some wellness products with collagen and coffee. Those seemingly harmless products might be loaded with heavy metals and pesticides like glyphosate. While it can be just a little or a lot in any given product, these toxins can accumulate in your body over time, wreaking havoc on your health. Even your go-to collagen brands might be sourcing from questionable places. Now let's move on to coffee. Most of us drink it every single day, but did you know it's one of the most pesticide-laden crops out there? And a lot of coffee is also riddled with mysotoxins, harmful substances produced by fungi. I know from experience, adjusting dietary habits can feel like a daunting task. I also know that's a driving factor for people coming to the podcast and visitors to the Heal Nourish Row website. It's because, you know, I always delve into the health research so we can all thrive on our health journeys. That's why I want to introduce you to one of my best finds, Yonder Collagen and Coffee. It's a game changer for your daily routine. It was created by two amazing women who battled health issues and emerged triumphant. They spent five whole years researching and sourcing the cleanest, purest, and most potent coffee and collagen available. They use only hundred percent grass-fed glyphosate-free collagen sourced from quality organic farmers and it's a high-potency formula that supports your skin hair nails fascia bones joints and gut health goodbye inflammation in the coffee it's a true innovation it's a hundred percent organic coffee infused with nootropic mushrooms like lion's made and chaga which makes a smooth rich and toxin-free delight with over 600 milligrams of lion's mane and chaga per serving it's awesome for your brain They're also all about the planet. They source ethically, they work with organic family farms, and even give back to the planet by planting trees through the One Tree Planted initiative. Finally, their products meet the very strict California Prop 65 standards and FDA standards. You're getting the best of quality, safety, and performance in every sip. So if you're ready to reduce your daily toxin load, head over to HealNourishGrow.com slash Yonder Food to learn more and use code CLEAN10 for 10% off your first order. That's HealNourishGrow.com slash Yonder, Y-O-N-D-E-R, Food, F-O-O-D, to learn more. Yeah, I love to hear such a positive story. And just to give people another resource, because I think that the connection, again, my background in psychology, I'm always geeking out. It's stuff kind of like this, with the connection between mental health and nutrition and diet is very real. And um, maybe, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it yet, but Dr. Chris Palmer has a book out called um, Brain Something. Anyway, Harvard doctor, really profound work on the connection between uh nutrition and brain health. And so if people are out there and they happen to hear this, it's not saying go off your meds or do anything like that, but definitely nutrition is something to look further into for mental health. Totally.
1: So well said. Yeah. Love
0: that. So uh, Dr. Chris Palmer, I'll leave a link for that. Um, So we talked about this before we got on the air, Dr. Haymeyer, that for people that are looking to lose weight, I mean, you mentioned some great things like testing's a good thing to do because I think nutritional... Uh, deficiencies are fairly common as well as high inflammation. But if people don't test, they might not know that. So you had mentioned you're starting a group in February, and I would love to hear more about that. What's involved with that, what they get out of it? Are they getting testing? Are they getting coaching? What what does that all look like? Yeah.
1: So what it will look like is it's going to be a small group. So I'm going to cap it at 15 max, and I'm actually toying a keeping it even a little bit smaller, but, um, we will be, it'll be a little bit of a hybrid approach. So we're going to start with some one-on-one work and yes, we're going to do some testing and then we're going to shift into group work. So it really marries uh, a combination of honoring what's true for you and your, your unique physiology with some of the common barriers and challenges that people encounter in making changes that produce the outcomes and sustaining them over time.
0: And how, how long does the program run for? Is there also, you mentioned it's a group, so are there group meetings too where people can yes. kind of share and get support yes, yes, from yes. the group?
1: Yes, exactly. So we'll shift from some one-on-one work into group work and the group work will occur so twice a week, and I'm sorry, twice a month rather, and the entirety of the program itself will be six months.
0: Very cool. Um, Well, before we wrap up, are there any final thoughts that you have that we didn't talk about? And again, we were kind of focused in this conversation on weight loss since it's the beginning of the year, and that tends to be, again, a big goal for people this time. So anything that we didn't talk about or mention that you think is really important for people to know if they're, if they're trying this on their own, and I always do recommend, like, have, at the very least, have an accountability buddy or... Have a coach or work with a, a functional medicine practitioner or something like that, but if they're just trying to do this on their own, uh, any other final thoughts on things they can be aware of or think of or that might be really helpful I would
1: say a few things one is have some compassion for yourself right um, we inherited a lot of things in this area of life around our body and food and um you know our weight that simply put don't serve us right we didn't invent this disempowered relationship. We inherited it. And so like fundamentally speaking, it's not your fault. Right. And also if this is an area that you know mastering it would powerfully impact all of your life. Um I really encourage you to take it on. You know, just like Cheryl said, in whatever way you see is the next best step for you, I'm going to be a, a champion for that. But Know that you absolutely can triumph in this area of your life. And that might look like you partnering with someone like Cheryl or myself or another resource, or it might look like you just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other to get going and then reaching out for support as you find that you've got information missing and, um, you know, find it would be useful. But uh, my commitment is, you know, you thriving because I know when people thrive, not only did they bring their best selves to life, but they also inspire others to do the same. And that to me is what it's all about. So
0: true. I love that. And so where can people find you online if they want to work with you, if they want to join the program, if they just want to follow you on social media, if you even do that, where, where can they connect?
1: So you can find me at wellempowered.com and that's where you can schedule a complimentary consultation and learn more about working together, whether it's one-on-one or as part of this upcoming course, please do that there. And then online, I'm mostly on Instagram at
0: wellempowered. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It was lovely to meet you. And I can't wait to hear at least a little bit more about your hiking adventures. Awesome. And the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It's been such a treat to be with you and your community.
0: Thanks again. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at healnourishgrowpodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at healnourishgrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at healnourishgrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. for you.